0: As a personal and professional development and transformation coach, I work with so many women. And one of the things that I hear often is the desire for women to find community. Women that they can connect with, women that are on the same journey as they are, and women that are going to support, encourage, and motivate them. If this is you, then I invite you to join me and the Unified Sisterhood on April 15th at the Breaking Free Conference as we seek to do just that. To build community, a huge community of women, an international community of women that can come together to empower, inspire, and unite. You are listening to the Woman of Faith Podcast, hosted by award-winning author and transformation coach, Nancy Ruffin. Whether you're establishing your faith journey or just getting started, the Woman of Faith Podcast is passionate about sharing stories of faith that will inspire you to boldly live the life you were created for. If you're ready to elevate your faith and step into who God created you to be, then you're in the right place. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Woman of Faith Podcast. I am your host, Nancy Ruffin, and we are officially in spring. And if you are in the New York Tri-State area, then you know that spring has arrived because we have been experiencing some beautiful, warm days. The birds are chirping, the flowers are blooming, the sun is shining, And for me, that means all is well with the world. Spring is my absolute favorite season of the year. Not just because it's the season that I was born in. Holla, May babies, my fellow Tauruses. Our birthdays are coming up. But spring symbolizes so much. Uh, We have just celebrated Easter and so for those of you who are Christian or who follow our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, then you know that our foundation that the foundation of our faith is based on the fact that Jesus was crucified, that he died on the cross, and that he was resurrected. And three days later, he came back to life and he bore all of our sins on that cross. And so for me, spring really is this season of rebirth, of resurrection, of bringing dead things back to life. And so this week, I wanted to talk a little bit about what that means. So we're going to be talking about the season of rebirth We're also going to be talking about savior syndrome, having the, like some of us have the Messiah complex and we believe that it is our duty and our calling and our responsibility to just save the world. But newsflash, it isn't. There's only one savior. His name is Jesus. The rest of us are just called to serve in whatever capacity that is. But that also doesn't mean at the expense of our own health and wellness. And sometimes, you know, those who struggle with this savior syndrome, they want to help others at all costs, no matter what that means for themselves. So I want to talk a little bit about that. And I also want to to encourage you or to, to invite you In this season, to reflect on what are the things that you might need to resurrect in your own life. Not, I mean, and I just don't want to get this confused because not everything is worth resurrecting. However, there are times where we put things on the back burner. There are times when we give up on certain things or we make excuses for not following through on certain things because we may not be in the season to to, to manifest those things, right? So we kind of lay them down and we put them on the back burner, but there are some things that God wants us to resurrect in our lives. And so this episode, I want you to think about what some of those things could be for you. Now, for me, I have been in a season of revelation. right, And for me, that means that God has been showing me different things. He has been showing me uh, people that I need to let go of, habits that I need to break, new routines that I need to establish. So there has been a lot being revealed to me in this season. And sometimes those revelations are hard. They are so difficult to come to terms with. I think primarily because we get um, comfortable. We get accustomed to the status quo and how things are. And letting go of anything is difficult for some of us. We find ourselves maybe mourning Certain situations uh, mourning the loss of certain relationships or even mourning the idea of someone sometimes we get so wrapped up, I think, in people's potential that we lose focus of who they are right now because the truth is that not everyone is always going to live up to their potential so we have to learn how to separate ourselves and our feelings from being connected to someone's potential and instead look at them with the eyes and the heart and the mind of who they are right now. Because when we pour our whole selves into someone else's potential, oftentimes we are going to get left feeling underwhelmed feeling disappointed because one thing I have learned is that you cannot want more for someone else than what they want for themselves. And this kind of leads also, and we're going to talk about the savior syndrome in segment two, but so often we get married to the idea of who someone can become, but they may never get there. And then we spend all of our time and all of our lives waiting for these people to turn into something that they don't have the capacity to become, even though we think that we see potential in them. So this is where I am. I'm in this season of revelation. There are things in my own personal life that I believed I would be able to build and manifest With certain individuals, but sometimes God says you got to pump the brakes on that because where I'm calling you to, they are not coming with you. And not because they can't get there, but just because they're not there yet. And when we are at a certain point in our lives, we can't keep ourselves anchored to where we are so that we can wait for other people to catch up. We have to be willing to fly and elevate when God wants to elevate us. And if the other people make it, then you'll meet at the crossroads, but sometimes they don't. And so you cannot hold yourself back from where God is calling you to because you're hoping that those around you or those that you wanted to build with or those that you initially had the vision with, uh, you want them to be there with you and they're just not ready yet. And I will tell you, and if you've been following me and my podcast for a while, I've talked a lot. I've talked on prior episodes about relationships that run their course, friendships that run their course, who you Start with might not necessarily be who you end with, and there's there's sadness I think that's attached to that because we become emotionally involved in situations and experiences and relationships with people that we have, and sometimes letting go can be a really difficult process, but if you listen to last the last episode where I talked about making room, this goes in line with some of that because we have to create space in our lives for new things to grow. And if we have our space cluttered with things that are keeping us stuck, things that have a Choke hold on us or a stronghold or like weeds that are choking the flowers and preventing them from blooming, then they're never going to bloom or grow into what they're supposed to be. And the same is true for us when we attach ourselves to people or to situations that are no longer good for us. And I'm not saying that they're not good for us in a healthy way, but they're not good for us in the way that they're preventing us from growing. And sometimes we have to be honest about ourselves, about where God is taking us, and about who we ultimately want to become, and then learn to be okay when God is calling us to separate ourselves from the things. That are attached to who we were. You understand what I'm saying? And, and it's okay because those things, those people, those situations, those experiences were necessary at that point in our lives. But at some point, as you continue to grow and to evolve, you also have to recognize that God has other experiences in line for you. He has other people awaiting for you down the road that he wants to connect you with. And sometimes if we're holding on to these past relationships that no longer serve where we're going, then it's only preventing us and prolonging us from making the right connections and being in the spaces and having the experiences and having the doors open that God wants to open for us. Listen, sometimes we can be our own worst enemy. So in this season, I want you to think about what is it that God is calling you to let go of? What is the thing that you keep resisting, that you keep trying to run back to, but God is telling you, let it go. Like Elsa, let it go. All right? You have to, there's something, you know what that is. You know it in your heart, you know it in your mind. And yet you're trying to convince yourself that you have to stay there because of the years that you've had have invested in this thing or in this person or all of the work that you have done, but God has different work for you to do. That is what I want to tell you today. God has different plans for you than what you have planned for yourself. And those plans are bigger and better and greater than anything that you have imagined. You know, one of the things that I'm particularly excited about that I have seen evolve in my own life is the Bible study group that I have co-founded with my co-facilitator, my co-leader Teresa, who is my sister in Christ, who lives in Texas. And for six seasons, we have been able to just cultivate a beautiful community of praying women. We meet every single week and the intention really is to just build our relationship with God, to get closer to him by studying his word. And that's what it is. Every week we read a Bible scripture, we dissect it, we observe it, we interpret it by ourselves. And then we come together as a collective and we discuss and we allow for the fear to be spoken in this space. We allow for the doubt to be spoken in this space. We allow uh, for our traumas uh, to make an appearance in this space. And it really is a safe space where we can all come to just explore our faith and where we are. And so this group initially started as a way for me to build community during the pandemic when we were isolated when we were really basically imprisoned in our homes and we couldn't go anywhere and we couldn't connect with people personally and physically i created the bible study group as a virtual way to connect with other women and since then it has evolved right we're no longer in this pandemic state and so we don't it, we don't need the bible study As a way to connect anymore because we can connect in person yet and still it has evolved into something more beautiful because now there really is this desire to just build our relationship with God, but to also build a sisterhood through our mutual faith and shared belief that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. And so we just ended cohort six last week. And I think that what the Bible study group has shown me or has taught me is how beautiful things can become when we allow them to evolve organically. Because when I started the Bible study group cohort one, the women that were in that cohort were not the same women in cohort two. The women in cohort two were not the same women in cohort three. The women in cohort three were not the same women in cohort four and so on and so on. And even the leaders of these meetings have changed. And so I guess what I'm getting at is that there is a beauty in letting things go and allowing for our lives and our experiences to unfold and evolve organically in the way that God wants them to. Because so often we want to try and control outcomes. We want to try and control situations. We want to hold on to the way that things are. And sometimes we do that at the detriment of ourselves and our growth and at, and really to where God ultimately wants to take us. When we try to put our own hand in things and try to control things, we're disrupting the way that God wants things to flow. So if you find yourself in this season of rebirth, of resurrection, of revelation, allow yourself to be in that. Do not be afraid to let go of things that no longer serve you. Do not be afraid to go back and revisit old dreams that you had, old ideas, and even in some instances, old relationships. Not every relationship that you have ended doesn't necessarily mean that there is no hope for forgiveness and reconciliation. I absolutely believe that in certain situations, that there are opportunities for second chances, that there are opportunities for relationships to be redeemed and to be restored. But those are the things that you have to really sit with God and pray on. Because what you don't want to do is resurrect a relationship that God does not want you to be in. And this is why it's so important to really sit In silence with God, meditate on his word and really open yourself up to hear his voice because you're not going to be able to hear his voice if you're constantly on the go, if you're surrounded by noise and chaos, and if you're constantly running to other people, asking them what you should do. And so many of us get stuck in that habit of asking others for advice about situations that they themselves have never been in, or even if they have been in them, have not been in healthy, in those, in healthy types of situations and haven't had healthy outcomes. So when you find yourself in this kind of state of uncertainty or confusion, the best advice I can give you is to go directly to your creator And allow him to speak to you and ask him to give you the revelation. All right. So this concludes our segment, our first segment. When we come back, I am going to get into our topic of the week, which is Savior Syndrome. Everyone is not your assignment. (laughs) So when we come back from this break, we're going to get right into it. You are tuned in to the Woman of Faith podcast. Make sure you subscribe and leave a review. Thanks for listening. So this week, we are talking about Savior Syndrome, also known as the Messiah Complex, and this idea that we feel like it's our job or our duty or our calling to save everybody. And the reality is that it is not. And for individuals like myself who are in the business of helping people, it can become really easy to get sucked in to this idea where we feel like we have to help everyone. And I will say that that absolutely has been true for me at different points in my life. And I realized, one, it can become really exhausting to live our lives believing that it is our responsibility to help everyone. But two, it's actually the realization that not everyone wants to be helped. And for me, I think that it was that realization that helped me to step out of this need of always feeling like I had to help people because everyone doesn't want to be helped. There are so many individuals who are very content in their dysfunction and in their misery because that is all that they know. And that is where they're most comfortable. And to do anything that's going to disrupt that, Shakes them to their core, and so for this week, I wanted to talk a little bit about this because I think that so many struggle with the savior syndrome and they don't even realize it. And reality is that there are two types of people in this world there's the givers and there's the takers, and we all recognize the takers because they usually tend to latch on to good people, taking what they can, and then offering nothing in return. They take, 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 and they never give, give, give. And not only do they take, 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 they often do so with this sense of entitlement, almost like they believe that they have a right to take without any reciprocity. But with givers, it's a different story, right? Most often people who give, they do so because they're helpful, they're resourceful, and they usually go above and beyond to help others in their times of need, even at their own expense. And because this has become just a part of who they are, oftentimes they can't even recognize when they're being taken advantage of, or when someone is taking their kindness for weakness. And this can become really dangerous for the giver and exhausting. Because aside from the obvious fault of not prioritizing themselves, some givers operate with this savior complex and they don't even realize it. Although it appears like they are in the business of serving, if you stop to pull back the layers, sometimes you might find that there are different things that are motivating their actions. So before we kind of get into uh, the nitty gritty of this, I want to explain what Savior Complex is. Now, savior complex can be a good or a bad thing depending on the motivations behind it. So even though helping others really is good for your health, right? Because we know that when we help others, it makes us feel good. Needing to do it just to feel good about yourself is not. And there are few names people use when referring to a savior complex. So they, like I mentioned in the opening, they might call it um, white knight syndrome or a messiah complex. And people with a savior complex believe they have a calling to help others. They think it is a responsibility rather than an option. Now, people who play savior do it for different reasons. Some genuinely want to help others and feel a sense of purpose when volunteering their time and resources but then there are other people who adapt a savior complex for their own self-interest they want praise power or believe saving others or helping others makes them more valuable and their assistance does more harm than good see a savior complex can be birthed out of the need to shield others from the pain and trauma that the giver or the one that is experienced the savior complex might have experienced in their own life. So I just want to backtrack. So if you're someone who is constantly giving, 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 constantly wanting to help others, constantly volunteering, wanting to save other people, sometimes that need that you have is birthed out of the need to protect yourself from the pain and trauma that you have experienced in your life. Just something to think about. Because I think that a lot of times when we have obsessive behaviors, they absolutely stem from a deeper place that we haven't allowed ourselves to think about or process. So I just want to share a few signs to kind of look for, to see whether you or someone you know has a savior complex. So the first quote unquote sign is that, of course, you have a strong desire to help people. Wanting to help people is not a dead giveaway for a savior complex. I mean, we should all want to help people. We should all want to do good. And this is something we should actually strive for. Everyone should strive to help others where they can. However, if you put yourself at risk or if you volunteer excessively or if your desire to help other people is at your own expense then that may be a sign that you have a savior complex if giving of yourself is interfering with the priorities you should have in life it can become a problem for you the people you love and even those you want to help the second sign is if your self worth depends on it. Now let me explain. Helping others should be an act of love. It's something that you do out of the kindness of your heart, you know, because it's what God calls us to do. He calls us to love each other. He calls us to help. He he calls us to be kind. But if your self esteem is based on being needed by others, or if you establish your own self worth based on what you do for other people, then that may be something that you should think about. I mean, everyone wants to feel worthy and high and have high self esteem, but craving adulation and admiration constantly could be a sign that you have savior complex and are doing it. For the wrong reasons. The next sign is that you're codependent. You might be in a situation where you need to be needed. And two codependent people feel as if they need each other to survive and thrive in life. If you believe you are vital to the needs of another person outside of your small children, you may have a savior complex. When you are codependent, you will always be looking to save others. However, you'd be willing to take on the charity cases of strangers if they make you feel needed. I know it's a lot to process and a lot to think about, but so often we are attracted and we to these situations and these types of people, we don't even realize it because it has been our default setting. Another sign um, that can seem like you have a savior complex is that you believe your way is the best way. Now, I don't know if this was one of my signs, <laughs> Um, but for a long time, I used to feel like I, like my way was the only way and it was the best way. Like it's something I struggle with even in my household between me and my husband, but this is my, my work, right? But my level of self-awareness has brought me to this space in my life where I know that there are multiple solutions to a problem and that my way isn't always necessarily the best way. Like, in fact, there have been better ways for things that I have had solutions to. But if you believe your way is the best way, then that might be a sign that you have savior complex because people with a savior complex think that they know how to navigate life's obstacles better than anybody else. They are always ready with just the right answer to save the day. Now, if this is you, there will be times that you think you are helping others when you aren't. You could give out the wrong information and cause irreparable damage. And the fact is that you're blinded by your own desire to be the hero. So in your mind, your desire to always be right or to be the savior or to be the hero is the only thing that is driving your actions and your motivation. And sometimes that motivation is not always going to provide the best answer or the best solution to the problem. So we have to be able to kind of step back, pump the brakes, and like check ourselves because our way is not always the best way. The next sign is that you are attracted to weak people, right? Because weak people need the most help. If someone is weak, they need a strong person to come up behind them and carry them and pick them up and help them out. So if you find yourself always needing to be around vulnerable people, that might be a sign that you have savior complex because that need will then enable you to live out this knight in shining armor fantasy that you have. like You could come in and just you know save the day and, and, and sweep them off their feet and provide whatever solution that they might be needing. And so like peanut butter needs jelly or like white on rice. <laughs> uh, saviors need people to rescue. And if your self-worth and your value comes from that need of rescuing people, Then that is a potential sign because you're drawn to the long suffering and believe that you are the one thing that can turn their life around. Now, and then the last thing I want to share is that you try to change people. And I think that for so many of us, we believe that we can change people. But if we take a moment, To just step back and think about how hard it is to change ourselves? What on God's green earth is going to make you think that you can change somebody else? You cannot change anybody else. The only person that can change people is God. And even that process takes some self-awareness And some revelation within the person in order to facilitate that change. We cannot change people. You can't change anyone. The only person that you can change is yourself. But for someone with a savior complex, if you listen to them, you'd have the perfect life plan right in their mind. Right in their mind, they they their mind they've already internalized this as well. If you did this, this, and this, then your life would be perfect. Like that's just how they believe because they think that they can change you and that they have the answer, the perfect answer to the problem. Someone with savior complex might suggest a career change, a hobby, even a diet if they believe it would benefit you, thereby giving them the credit they undoubtedly deserve. And I think for a lot of us also that do coaching work, um, I see it all the time, particularly with business coaches. And their pitch would go something like this. I can teach you, I can give you the exact blueprint, the exact model that I followed to earn a seven figure income and I'm going to give it to you and you're going to implement it and you're going to have the same outcome. And that is the biggest crock of crap (laughs) that I have ever heard because it doesn't take into account for the person's internal motivation, their own knowledge and skills and their own ability to follow through and be consistent and to do all the things that you can lead a horse to water, but you cannot make the horse drink it. So you can give someone all of the tools, all of the resources, the blueprint, whatever it is that you think is going to take to change them. But if they themselves don't do the work, there is no changing, no transformation, nothing happening. And so if you're someone who thrives off of constantly wanting to help others as a means to make yourself feel better, as a means to increase your own self-worth or your own confidence and self-esteem, then you have to kind of take a look at yourself um, and then also recognize when you can't change people because not everybody is going to be your assignment, You have not been called to help every single person in the world. And that's okay. Like We are called to help and to serve in the means that we can. But it should never be at the expense of yourself, your wellness, your health, any of the priorities that you need in order to... Just not just survive, but to thrive in life, I believe that we should be pouring from a cup of overflow. And so often what I see is that people are self-sacrificing. They're so depleted in their own lives. They don't even have the basic needs and yet they're continuously pouring into others. I see it all the time on Instagram. Social media has been a blessing, but it is also the devil. Because it has people showing up in ways that are not genuine to who or where they are in their own lives. And you should not be pouring into others if your cup is not full. Prioritize your needs. Take care of yourself. Give yourself everything that you are trying to give to others. And then once you are in a space of overflow, pour from that cup. It should never be at your own expense. And so with that, I'm going to end this week's episode. I hope that this blessed you. I hope that it revealed something to you that maybe you have been missing And that it motivates you to take a course of action that is going to bring you closer to yourself and bring you closer to who God is creating you to be. I want you to start making room for who you are becoming. Until next time, be blessed and remember that you have been created for more. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Woman of Faith podcast. If this episode blessed you, consider supporting us by leaving us a rating, giving us a review, writing a comment, and sharing with your network. And if you feel really moved, you can consider making a financial donation to the link in our episode notes. Until next time, I pray that you are blessed that you step boldly into what God is calling you to do and that you never forget that you were created for more.